In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Summertime means movie time. So hot outside, it's fun to go inside, enjoy the AC, and enjoy the latest blockbuster. Well, for the past few years, we've joined in on the fun. It's the return of Gen Wealth's At the Movies. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. It's round two. Last week, we talked about Top Gun and the financial lessons that we can learn from that movie. Another blockbuster on tap today. We'll give you a little line from the movie and see if you can figure it out. yippee ki I'm not going to say the rest, though. You know the you, rest. You know the rest, right? Yeah. Scott Inman along with John Shrewsbury <laughs> and Troy Johnson having fun during the summer a little bit with uh, all the market turmoil that's been going on. And we've obviously had our finger on the pulse of that for all of 2022, talking about current events, the economy, the markets. And we'll do that in this show. There's no doubt about that. But it's, sometimes it's fun to have a little break. Just get away from it. To, you know, as, as the summer kind of gets close to winding down, it's going to be back to school time before you know it. We're going to look at the movies out there that can maybe give us a financial lesson. And look, we may have to stretch on some of these. There's no question about it. Today, we're going to talk about Die Hard. Yep, there are yeah. financial lessons from Die Hard. And, and you know, we did Top Gun last week, and they have a new Top Gun movie out. So I had actually gone back and watched the old one before I went to go watch the new one. So that right. one was a little fresher on my mind. I'm going to lean on Troy Johnson today on Die Hard because I, I haven't seen this movie in quite some time. Remember it from the 80s. But Troy, has he, he was doing his show prep, as any good advisor would do, and sat down and took a little time, we'll say a lot of time. A lot of time. To watch it, the movie. I'm not sure Troy was born when Die Hard was out. I, ah. I wasn't born. I, I, wow. I looked there it up. Go. It came out in 88. I was born in 92. There wow. you go. But yes, it took me three hours, three <laughs> and a half hours to watch this two-hour movie last night now, because our am, internet was okay. being a little slow. He's so got I, cheap yeah. internet. Got a lot house. of buffering. Yeah. See, Die Hard and buffering don't really go together. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. you need to get that. Right when, right when there would be a huge action scene, it was just like, nope, here comes the wheel of the spinning wheel of doom so, yeah i'm yeah. just thinking i'm just talking from a technology standpoint you know when i hear die hard i think vhs tape I, you know now streaming that movie you got to yeah. find a vcr to watch that sucker wow vcr <laughs> is there any such thing anymore oh i'm sure that they're vintage you know so so here's the the central question to the whole die hard theme today uh, is die hard a christmas movie no no yes I, I knew this was a debate before i watched the movie so i went into it with that mind frame and no yes yep. It is. It it has well, a Christmas. It happens during Christmas. Uh, you know, the, the the guy is is you know uh, showing up in L.A. Uh, to see his family at Christmas, and you know, there's there's Christmas ornaments all over the office building and everything. It is. It has a Christmas, and it plays. You know, uh, let it snow or something like that uh, it, while it, everybody's it, bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. <clears throat> it's a Christmas movie. Well, here's my sure case is. against that. Now, I'm. You know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm a tad black and white with the way I think. Okay. Uh, we know. So, for a Christmas movie to be a Christmas movie, it is a genre, right? You you put it in the same places as other types of movies. So is Die Hard a movie about Christmas? Because that would make it a genre Christmas movie. No, it's an action movie. That's the genre that it belongs in. I don't think anybody can really question that. It just happens to take place 
at Christmas. Troy, back me up here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I think you could have taken the Christmas aspect out of it's it. It's the same movie. Wouldn't have changed the movie at all. Okay, yeah. all right. We need to move on because, I'm number one, I'm outnumbered, so we need to move on because I can't win the argument. But uh-huh. also, we need to move on because we need to really actually okay. impart some financial wisdom during this show. So if they'd had Easter eggs instead of snow, it would oh, have been stop. an Easter movie? Just stop. Just stop. Come on now. <laughs> okay, well, we'll leave that debate for you to decide. But we're going to talk about some different plot moments uh, in Die Hard that actually can point us to some financial lessons. You know, we talked about this last week with Top Gun that, you know, pastors are very fond of doing sermons during the summer about uh, spiritual lessons that can be gleaned from movies. And we're going to do the same here, look for financial lessons and hopefully give you some motivation to stick to a financial plan. And, or if you don't have a financial plan, to find one, to get one, to work with an advisor and do that. So early in the movie, and we remember Hans, right? Hans Gruber. Uh, you know, that guy just died a couple of years ago, too. Yeah. He, he was a great actor. Yeah, he was a great, the, great villain. Yeah, he was a good villain. He was in uh, all the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you've seen many of those. I sat down and watched those with my kid, but uh, I can't remember his name. I think it's Alan was his name. But anyway, Hans Gruber is the character. Alan Rickman, thank you, Casey. He knows his actors. Uh, he was the main villain in the uh, movie, and he's the one that infamously uh, was at the brunt end of Bruce Willis saying yippee ki too, right? Yep. About it, about it, time for his death. But before the movie really gets going, he has this quote, because obviously the Die Hard movie is about this uh, this uh, big crime that's going to happen in a, in a, in a high-rise uh, building. And he says, when they touch down, we'll blow the roof. They'll spend a month sifting through the rubble. And by the time they figure out what went wrong, we'll be sitting on a beach earning 20%. Isn't that the dream of everybody, sitting on the beach earning 20%? Fast cash, big, quick, lottery-style payoff. That's what we all want, right? I mean, when we we think about our retirement, and some of this is probably generated from the standpoint of we haven't really done what we needed to do along the way, and and we're trying to play catch-up. That's probably some of it. But some people just are really bent on that's the – in fact, we've we've quoted the studies – on this show that say some people think their best retirement plan is to buy a lottery ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you think about uh, this whole issue of risk, I, I, through the years, I've seen this really play itself out. Everybody is an aggressive investor until they're not right. You know, this year would be uh, one of those times. That's right. Yep. Yep. And so, uh, and, and then when fear takes hold, then you, you've got a problem. And obviously that was what uh, Hans Gruber was trying to uh, trying to, to elicit here was, uh, you know, some fear and, you know, obviously a lot of calamity and what have you. Shock while, and awe. Yes, shock and <laughs> awe while he is on the beach earning 20%. But I thought it was interesting. Uh, we did a little bit of research on this whole issue of, of risk assessment and fear and all that type of thing. Uh, a behavioral economist, George Lowenstein, says fear causes us to slow slam on the brakes instead of uh, steering into the skid mobilizes as we have greatest need for strength. And I think that's really very much uh, uh, apropos in this particular period of time. You can't get immobilized when you need to actually, you know, uh, hang on and take action and, and stay with it. Yeah, these are the times when you really need to stick to your plan, <clears throat> not necessarily make a lot of changes to your plan, maybe make some minor tweaks. But if you've already got the plan in place that anticipates these times in the market happening, then you're in a better situation than someone that has no plan at all. And Scott, I think, you know, when you think about this and you think about that line from from Die Hard of uh, you know, on the beach earning 20 percent, 
you have a lot of people come in from time to time that have heard of some sort of a get rich quick scheme, uh, you know, and that's what I would call it. You know, oh, they, they, this guy over here earned 40 percent in this deal and or whatever, and they want some of that. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the way to build wealth long term. Are there some very isolated incidents where somebody hit a stock at just the right time and it took off? Yes, that is true. But if the other people who follow along behind that guy buy that same stock, they're likely not to have the same experience. Yeah, we've often talked about how emotional the markets are. And so you can do all the research in the world, which most people don't do when they want to go through a a get-rich-quick scheme. They want to just basically pull the trigger, make the buy, and let it ride. But even if you do all your homework and all your research on a company and you decide that's the stock you want to buy and that's the stock that should take off, it doesn't mean that it's going to, especially in depressed times like we're in now uh, in the market. But, you know, that that this fear mindset really, I think, plays on two two sides. I think the fear of not having enough time to have a diversified portfolio, a consistent contribution to that portfolio and watch it grow over time to someday reach your retirement date, which is the way a plan should work. The fear of not having the time to do that causes someone to take too much risk and try to look for that 20% or that 40% or that secret investment, the unicorn investment, as Janet is fond of saying. But on the other end of that, when it doesn't pan out, you pull the ripcord pretty quickly, right? Because it's going to go down at a faster pace than a diversified portfolio. Well, we saw this all happen and play out in the in the cryptocurrency markets. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. crypto was it was going through the roof, and then uh, all of a sudden we hit a little bump in the economy, and all of a sudden it just goes down like a rock, and a lot of people just bailed out of it uh, and maybe got some of their money out and maybe still had some gains. Some people lost some money because they got in at the top or whatever the case may be. But I think the one thing that, that you've got to look out for are what are the characteristics of the things that will will kind of suck you in and could be a a get rich quick scheme and and i think one of the things that you got to look out for is that it can be too good to be true and and when uh, things are too good to be true you probably ought to steer clear yeah and you and we we all inherently know when something sounds too good to be true but obviously these get rich skip quick themes schemes they work i mean people fall for them right but you need to take a step back and just say does this sound truly too good to be true if there is if it is you probably need to ask some more questions here's one that i i just i love it when they when they do this there's a secret that nobody knows yeah in this information age is there anything that is a secret is there anything out there that is a secret and if it is a secret why are you trying to tell me about it why don't you just get rich on your own (laughs) you know that's that's kind of my thought process about that yeah the secret usually is pay me to tell you what that secret is (laughs) yeah and and that is how i'm going to get rich because i am going to sell you my secrets through either some newsletter or a book or whatever the case may be uh, and that is the way they hook you with that they do sometimes with those secret investments promise high reward with low risk. Let me tell you something. You've got three advisors at the table on this show. That is not possible. If you, if you are going to seek high reward, there is going to be an appropriate amount of risk that comes alongside it. If you want to eliminate risk, there is not going to be a high reward. Yeah, and, and the truth of the matter, Scott, is that you can't eliminate risk. Yeah, there is no right. way to eliminate risk because the minute you give up a risk of market volatility, you run into a risk of what? Inflation. Inflation. Mm-hmm. And that, a and very seeing, real risk right now. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and we're seeing that right now. And clearly that is something that, that a lot of people don't really think about. But there is a risk-reward relationship in any investment. Mm-hmm. And you've got to understand that if there is not some risk, then there's likely not to be any real big payoff. Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out too that some people uh, do need to eliminate risk with a portion of their money. Like I, I don't I don't want to uh, – give the impression here that that you should have risk on with all of your dollars, right? So it's a great point to point out that the the powder dry side of this, right? So if yeah. you're if you are uh, saving for retirement, you do need an emergency fund. And that emergency fund doesn't need to be in the stock market. I've actually had some clients that we've talked through that, like they had a brokerage account and they invested in stock and that was actually their savings account that when mm-hmm. they wanted to go dip into something to go uh, on a trip, or if it wasn't a true emergency and they had to replace an air conditioning unit or something, they were going to actually tap that brokerage account. Well, think about that. If you had that uh, and you had $100,000 in it at the at the first of this year and it was all invested in equities, you've now got about 80 probably, right? So yeah, that, you don't want to put your money that you might need near term in any kind of risk. And the same goes, guys, for retirement income, for, for the way we plan in our retirement income plan there's about six to 12 months of cash built up there. So the monthly income is set no matter what happens in the market. Yeah, you, you've got to have stages of it. I, I think a lot of times about it, sort of like I think about one of my favorite places, which is the beach, you know, and I love going to San Diego. San Diego is uh, the home of our broker dealer, LPO Financial. And I, I go out there periodically to have meetings and what have you. And I will, uh, my favorite spot out there is Coronado Island. And you think about on one side, if you know the geography very much, on one side is San Diego Bay, on the other side is the Pacific Ocean. And, you know, if you're in San Diego Bay, you're not subject to the waves of the Pacific Ocean. It's pretty calm in San Diego Bay most of the time. Although I have been out there when the wind was up and it is kind of choppy. But but you need that, that calm water as you approach the shore, else you're going to have a problem with your boat. And, and so it's much the same way in retirement. If you don't have that calm water of that first a couple of segments of your retirement income plan, Troy, you can be in real trouble in times like this. Right. That's what provides you your income. You don't have to worry about it. If you've got that six to 12 months, like Scott mentioned in cash, you don't have to worry about when the markets are down like they are now. Um, going back to our get rich quick scheme, you know, the another characteristic of that is that people would encourage you to put all of your money into just one product. Yeah. And that can be a, a warning sign as well. And this is played out in, you may not talk to these people personally. I think about any advertisement that you see on television, on radio, on your phone that tells you this is what you need. Think about the process that's happening there. They are paying to put that in front of you and tell you that this is the investment you need and they know nothing about you. And by the way, that message is going out to thousands and thousands of people who are not the same as you. So to say that you need a specific investment when someone knows nothing about you and to broadcast that message to thousands of people saying they all need that specific investment, that's the alarm bell that I would say you got to run from that. You know, you don't have to be an advisor very long before you get a call from one of your clients that says, do I need to be investing in gold? I, I see oh, this, all this. I've on. had it several times. This yeah. happened to me. We, I had a client who actually saw an ad on TV for purchasing gold. Uh, like Scott said, that ad goes out to anyone that's watching TV. Uh, she got curious and she called in. Um, before she knew it, she was on the phone with a gold broker. And all she wanted was a little more information. 
they actually did a, a conference call to our office. I took that phone call and um, they, he was trying to, without her even really knowing what was going on, trying to transfer her assets that she had at LPL over to them to purchase gold with it. And finally, I, I said, Miss So-and-so, is this what you're trying to do? And she said, no, I was just asking for more information. And he said, we needed to call you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, that's very, very typical. And, yeah. and you know, if you've got gold and it's a great investment, why don't you hang on to it and try to, instead of trying to sell me the gold that you have? Right. I, I'm really not sure how that makes a whole lot of sense. And so it is really one of those things, Scott, and, and gold, there's nothing wrong with a gold investment. You know, sure. as a, if you want a speculative investment yeah. that is in a precious metal, you know, there, I'm not bashing gold as an investment. But what understand I, what it is. Yes, yeah. you understand what it is. But what I am bashing is this blatant, just absolute blanket, everybody ought to be investing in this one thing. None of your money needs to be invested all in just one thing. Uh, that's that's ludicrous from just even a prudence standpoint. But there's, uh, you know, in the wild west of, of some investment uh, firms, they don't have the, the, the scruples to, to discern the difference. But the other thing, too, is, and, and I would totally agree with you, if someone wants some gold as part of their portfolio, that's fine. But they need to understand because it's sold as a safe investment, an investment that cannot go to zero and it's always going to have value for millennial it has and it has had value but that price goes up and down it is volatile as it's well one, just like the stock market it's one of the most more volatile investments out there that and you know there's the line on the advertisement that i love it is gold has never gone to zero yeah well neither has the s&p 500 that's right and neither has any other index you know right. it, it it just doesn't happen and so it plays on fear and all of that and, but you know back to the movie for a second it wasn't gold that that hans <laughs> gruber was after it was something called a bearer bond yes remember and, that and yeah yes and, and so let's talk about that for just a second what <laughs> is a bearer bond it, it really is an unregistered security and the fact that you are burying that holding it in your hand says that you are entitled to the interest of that of that bond uh, and and you have ownership evidenced solely by the fact that you hang on to it but, you know possession is like in that case is not nine tenths of the law it's ten tenths of the law yeah and so, so ownership yeah but uh bearer bonds was was the big uh investment that hans gruber was trying to get his hands on yeah and he was committed to it there was no question about that he had a plan and he stuck to it and that's what made him so difficult to overcome everything he did and didn't do was to accomplish his goal of taking the bear bonds his plan allowed him to be level-headed amid stressful situations we're not in any way endorsing that you be hans gruber and go try to steal some bear bonds <laughs> no. however he was committed to that plan and no matter what obstacle he faced which was in the form of john mcclain the protagonist in this movie he uh, did not flinch. When the first member of the terrorist team was found dead at the hands of John McClane, the others panicked. And they asked Hans, what are we going to do? And his response, we are going to tell his brother. <laughs> and then he went back to checking on the status of the cracking the vault codes. He was cool-headed and decisive at almost every turn. You were every Go back to that saying that we say that I'm not even really sure who honestly said it. It gets attributed to Mike Tyson. I think it was probably Joe Lewis. Someone, one of these boxers in, in the history of uh, boxing said, everybody 
who has a everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth and yeah. this is what's happening here in the in the movie yeah and and clearly we've taken a punch in the mouth from yes. the market in the last six months the question becomes do you stick to your plan do you have a cool level head or do you get emotional about it uh, emotion never really gives you any kind of, of positive outcome if you stop and just evaluate okay this has happened let me assess the facts and then let me calculate what my move is going forward as opposed to being emotional about it and trying to react to something that's already happened there's an there's another part in the movie where hans and some of his gang they're looking out the window of the high rise and they see that all of the cops are starting to show up you know and and the other guys are basically saying well what are we going to do now and he's just as calm as can be. He says, well, we, we knew this was going to happen, that we planned for this. It's it's just like with the market and your retirement plan. We knew this was going to happen. We didn't know when, but we know markets go up and we know they go down. Yeah. And to Han's point here, it was basically we're going to stick to our plan. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. And you, you got to roll on. And, yeah. and when the markets do deal you whatever if you've planned for it then you have your strategy already in place he never deviated from his mission he just didn't count on the tenacity of john mcclain well and here's what we we need the point we need to make for investors is how do you do that you know it's easy for us to say on the radio you, you just stick to your plan no matter what happens yeah but i'm looking at my statement right and it's down from january of 22 it's down from may of 2022 and it, is it going to go back up well you have to have the mentality that everything that is in your equity bucket every stock you have invested in should be considered a long-term investment if you back to our point about the emergency fund if you invested those dollars in the stock market and you needed to turn around and use them in six to eight to 12 to 18 months you probably shouldn't have done it. The equity yeah. investments need to be built for at least a 10-year time horizon. So if you think about that and you can remember that in, in the middle of this six-month storm, which might be a 12-month storm, which might be an 18-month storm, but never in the history of the stock market has it been more than a 10-year storm. We've not had losses over a 15-year stretch in the S&P 500 time tends to heal most if not all wounds in the stock market yeah and i think the thing that that uh, some people at least need to kind of get a grip on is the fact that as we roll into a stock market situation like we've had uh in 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 the the, the first half of 2022 you're not if you're looking for somebody to try to pick their way out of this and, and get good returns regardless of what's going on in the market, that's just not going to happen. That's not something that that we're going to uh, be able to do, nor is anybody else going to be able to do that. And if they tell you that they can do that, then they're probably not telling you the truth. Uh, I think that, Troy, it is all the difference between a strategic approach at something and a, a tactical approach, because oftentimes tactics fail. Yeah, and part of that strategy or strategic approach is like we've hinted on here a few times in the show already is it's just making sure you have that buffer, that early um, retirement money that you can use that is not going to be as affected by the stock market going way up and way down. Mm -hmm. And then you take those longer term equity investments and you push them out. That's money that you're going to use later on down the road in retirement. And if you know that I don't need that money for, you know, 15 plus years, then when we're in a year like we are right now where the market is down, it's not as big of a deal. You still own all the shares that you owned before, 
they're just down in value. Right. And we know that, uh, at least looking back historically, if we give it time, that should come back up for us. Scott, I think another aspect of this is there's a there's an element of overconfidence uh, that is in uh, some of this. Uh, you know, there, that's actually played out where you see uh, one of the characters in the movie, Harry Ellis. He thinks he's going to be able to negotiate with with Hans Gruber. You know, he's like, oh, I'll I'll, I'll reason with this guy, and I you know, I think that's a dangerous position to be in as an investor or as a client of a financial advisor. If your financial advisor thinks he can invest his way out of a bad market, eh, that's probably not the case. So you, you probably want to, to be still mm-hmm. and, and just allow things to play themselves out instead of zigging when you should have zagged, if you will. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great point when you talk about conversations we're having with our clients. If you don't have that plan like we have at GenWealth to refer back to, that that's gold right now, you know, to use since we were talking about gold earlier. But when a client uh, is rightfully concerned about their account values and we're having meetings with them and talking through the plan it, and we redirect the conversation back to the plan and they understand the why behind what we're doing and how and how the plan is still working, even in a market that has dropped 20 percent year to date that changes their mindset. But if you don't have that plan, if you've got an advisor who is just managing your investments and that's all, all the only leg they have to stand on, it is going to be very difficult for a client not to try to negotiate. And well, what's that look like? Make a change. Do something, right? Yeah. And, and the advisor you've hired should be there to keep you on track towards your financial goals and not as you said, zig when you should have zagged. Yeah, you, you've got to be in a situation where you've got a reason for doing what you're doing as opposed to actually being driven or herded into something. I think, Troy, when, when in anything in life, if you are if you deviate from what your goal is, if you don't stay on task with what your goal is, you're in trouble. Yeah, and that's why we talk about the different buckets of money and we tie those different buckets to different expenses or different time periods throughout retirement. That gives us a plan, something that we can stick to even when markets get rough. Yeah, and let's let's use this point in the show to bring up the value of diversification too because you know the, what has made 2022 so challenging for investors has, in my mind, not necessarily been the equity side. We do expect market volatility. It's been the bond side, which the bonds are where we – tend to think is going to be the lower volatility. It's going to be the safer side of a diversified portfolio. Traditionally, a diversified portfolio, those are the only two asset classes that have been utilized, stocks and bonds. Well, what happens if that's all you're in and you are down worse than you've been down since the 1970s for a 60-40 portfolio? That's what the data says. But those aren't the only two asset classes to provide income. Well, there, there's that. And let's let's talk about the bond market for just a second, sure. because historically, when you have seen negative returns in the bond market, and we have been here before, much to the chagrin of those on TV that say we've never been here before. We have been here before. 1994, we saw negative returns in the bond market because interest rates went up. There is this inverse relationship between rates and the price of a bond portfolio. But as time goes on, what you see is that those bonds get reinvested at higher rates and those higher rates begin to add back into that portfolio. So again, not reacting to something that happens in the short term, but allowing it to play out 
is a benefit to you. And that's what we think we will see in the bond market. We're already beginning to see bonds kind of correct themselves from a downturn that they had. Bonds are coming back. And I think that that's something that as time goes on, we'll continue to see that play out. So I would not you know, jettison your bond portfolio just because it lost money. It had a characteristic that you didn't expect, but play on through that and be sure that, that you see that to its ultimate fruition. Yeah. Well, what Scott was saying a minute ago is, you know, people, especially people that are in retirement may think that they are well diversified if they have a mix between stocks and bonds. That's not the only two asset classes that are out there that you can invest in. There's Mm -hmm. real estate. There's uh, products that could give you guaranteed income if you need that. There's a lot out there that you can invest in. And so we we don't want to just think of diversification as a 60-40 portfolio of stocks and bonds. Um, Right now, stocks and bonds are both down. There are other investments out there that are not down at this point. And and the strategy base of of the Genwell's ready-to-retire process is that when it comes to your gotta have it money, as I like to call it, your required income, we basically isolate that income from any real market volatility and the and the chance of it being interrupted by a market volatile uh, situation like we have right now. So when you think about that required income stream that you've got coming in to cover your basic living expenses, then what you're really you know talking about and debating over is your discretionary income. Yeah. If your plan is structured properly, if you're depending on the grocery money invested in the stock market, that's where you really run into a problem. Yeah, and you mentioned a couple of shows ago, John, too, even if if you stay focused on the income and it's not about the investments, a true diversified portfolio even includes Social Security here, right? Because we talked about the huge inflation-adjusted raise that Social Security recipients received this year and are going to receive again next year. So all of those components from your income perspective, can actually make things okay when certain buckets are not. Yeah, and and I think that oftentimes you just have to let things play themselves out. Yeah, right. uh, I think that it's really easy in this day and time to get scared by mm-hmm. what you hear in the media, by what somebody tells you at the water cooler, what somebody heard was about to happen, or whatever the case may be. But when you step back and take an assessment of what's going on and how you can handle that situation, much like John McClain did, as he kind of learned what was happening. You know, obviously there was the initial shock. His wife was in Nakatomi Plaza or whatever it was called. And and he was like panicked about, you know, what was happening with his wife and all of that. But as he assessed the situation, he found a way to overcome this band of terrorists that were trying to steal the bearer bonds. John and Sergeant Al Powell had warned Deputy Police Chief Dwayne T. Robinson his actions were ill-advised. They told him there was a better approach to dealing with the terrorist threat, but the Deputy Police Chief wouldn't listen to their wise counsel and he had a man. And he, and he had a man on the inside. By the way, there was a guy in the building, right? John McClain was in the building. Instead, yep. he chose to move forward with his plan from the outside. His plan ended up with police officers being shot and a police tank being hit by two rockets. So, what's the takeaway there? Listen to wise counsel, someone who's looking at it every day. You talk about the inside. We're looking at the markets and planning for our clients every day. Advisors should be doing that for their clients. And they should be using a strategy. Uh, You know, we've said this before, but I think it bears repeating that if all you have are investments, then you only have half of the equation. You've got to have that plan to go along with it. 
It's just like we talked about with Social Security a minute ago. If you're only focused on investments, well, most people don't view Social Security as an investment. So if that never gets factored into your plan, that can make a a huge difference. I mean, we've seen where Social Security claiming strategies can make a a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of difference over someone's retirement time period. So it really is about looking at the full plan altogether and then coming up with the best strategy. And Scott, speaking of Social Security, you referenced this, but I want to emphasize this. We're going to be somewhere between a 9 and 10% increase in Social Security income. That's going to go a long way for our clients who are Social Security retirement age. It's going to take a lot of the pressure off of their withdrawals that they're having to take from their investment portfolios, and it couldn't come at a better time. Uh, and that will likely you know, come around at the first of the year once all the final numbers on inflation are tallied up because that's how the Social Security Administration uh, actually makes those decisions. And so we're we're going to see that as time goes on. Well, when you think about all these blockbuster movies, we've been talking about Die Hard today and lessons we can glean from them. And uh, last week it was Top Gun. And in any action movie especially, you're, you've got the protagonist, you've got the main character, and they're faced with adversity. Let, let's face it, that's what it is in every movie. We love a story, and that's the way the story plays out. Oh, yeah. We've got our hero he gets he or she gets faced with adversity and they've got to work through problems and what keeps them level-headed is their commitment to their plan that their plan the end result that they want the outcome they want is worth the sacrifice and that outcome for clients for investment clients is income it always is income it always boils back to income income is the outcome of your plan if you're in in retirement so if you stay focused on making an income plan you can ride out the storms of 2022 and beyond there was the final bell so it's time for our final thoughts and troy we'll start with you yeah i'm going to go back to the get rich quick scheme uh deal that we were talking about early in the show i think that these are the times when people are most um, exposed to that type of deal and really you what you really need to do is not fall for something like that. You need to stick to the plan that you've already had put together for you. I think, again, you got to think about staying focused on your goals and listening to wise counsel. Wise counsel gives you that that guy inside the building, as we've talked about on, on the show, Die Hard. If you've got that guy inside the building that can give you uh, the information that's going on so that you can make wise decisions, then you can go forward with some strategy that makes sense. If you're simply being, you know, kind of whipsawed around by whatever the media is telling you, then you're really going to end up in, in a not so great situation. Well, my final thought is the outcome is income. We've said that a couple of times during the broadcast today. What does that mean? It means your plan is about providing you income from your assets one day when you reach retirement. So what are your chances of a successful retirement? How do you know? You can get started by finding out for free. All you have to do is visit our website, 15minuteretirement.com. Use the numbers 1 and 5 and then spell out Minute Retirement, 15minuteretirement.com. Or even an easier way, you can simply text the word checkup to this number, 501-381-5228. Again, it's 501-381-5228. Text the word checkup and get your free 15 retirement, 15-minute fifteen minute retirement checkup. It's a free assessment available to you. You can do that anytime. And that's all the time we have for this week's show. We thank you for watching and listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. Our At the Movies summer special series continues again next week. We hope you'll join us. 
Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.